So, you know, we've been planning this podcast episode for a while and I've been thinking about the what do I not fuck with um, for quite a while. And <laughs> <laughs> so I've had like time to build up things. But one of the things that I thought would give you guys and your listeners a laugh is brown rice. I <laughs> no longer fuck with brown rice. Well, okay? Amen. <laughs> not because it tastes all janky. But because, do you know, it takes 45 fucking minutes yeah. to make brown rice. Yes. Yeah. It's that is cap. bullshit. That yeah. is it's bullshit. Yeah. I hate it. I hate Black it. Black rice I, is faster and it's like way more nutritious. Yeah. And it actually tastes better too. So I'm like, if you don't wait taste better. 30, 40 minutes, okay, it's going to be black rice. <laughs> all right. I'm going to get some black rice because yeah. I bought this, this brown rice. And I was going to make a stir fry. I was like, oh, this is going to be so fast. Weeknight dinner. My kid's screaming at me. We started our product photography agency in 2021 because we wanted to create a work environment where we could finally show up as our whole authentic selves. Now, we're hosting conversations with other entrepreneurs and industry professionals on how they were able to do the same for themselves and their clients. We believe that there's no separating business from emotions. Welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. We're your hosts, Misa and Tabari, founders of Ginger and Carrot Productions. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Sense of the Business Podcast. This episode, we have a great guest for you, and this is a really funny episode. There's a lot of behind the scenes that got in here. This is probably one of the more different episodes. Kind of went off track on this one. <laughs> Our guest this week is Jess Milanes. She is the founder of Smart Podcast Solutions, and they help people launch their podcast and manage it. And we know as a person with the podcast, that is extremely valuable, and we might be hiring her one day soon. <laughs> we talk a lot about authenticity, her love for people, and as you might have guessed from the gym already, her true feelings about brown rice. So let's get into it, y'all. Everybody clap the same. Well, I'll just clap once. And hopes that gets there. No, it's, it's fine. So when I when I edit it later, it syncs up. It's fine. So <laughs> okay. Like, I wanted to clap. Get I know. Clap, I thought we it. were going to do a little group like, get let's a clap. Do a clap. Let's do a clap. Hot. One, two, <laughs> that was three. Not- <laughs> that's what I want to do with everybody. It's not gonna. Work. That's gonna I, be the gem. That's the gem. Okay, so I, I was never in cheer, but like I always kind of wanted to be in cheer, and so that it was my little cheer. <laughs> I was I not this, cool enough. I was the choir girl. Okay. We also have this episode with all the laughs. I'm keeping it all in. So, yes. <laughs> welcome to the Sensitive Business Podcast. How are you? <laughs> oh my goodness well it is it's a monday right yes it is it's monday, monday. It's monday. Um, i am i am doing pretty damn good for a monday i have Ooh, gotten yes. done um i actually got to relax this weekend which was awesome and i'm just feeling good how are you guys doing I, you know, I'm doing great. I'm usually great for Monday as well. Like this Monday is giving Thursday energy for me. And I don't know what it is like, but (laughs) I'm feeling Thursday. Like I had a great breakfast. I actually woke up feeling really rested. Um, I had fruits multiple times today. 
and went on a walk in the middle though. of the day. I know I need to do something about the alarm. That's I'll neither here nor there. The alarms, I, I, I wake up too. I'm like, just oh. <laughs> I just, I did all the things and like, I had some really great ideas today and I just feel like super psyched. I'm excited for this conversation we're about to have. What all the giggles. Yeah. All the giggles. Giggles we had and shall have. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I, Still recovering a bit because we stayed up last night because of my surprise birthday party <laughs> yesterday. So I'm still a little kind of like catching up with everything. But we just scheduled so many meetings today and we're off tomorrow. So pretty pretty chill day. You know what I mean? Just a lot of like happy meetings, you know, today. <laughs> yeah. I want more weeks like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it would be pretty awesome if Tabari had a birthday every week. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> I mean, it is interesting. Like, I was thinking about that. I was talking to one of my friends and peers, Shayna, who does, she's a fractional CFO. And she was telling me, like, you know, I was messaging her about, I was like, everybody's in the room. I hear laughter, screaming, mm-hmm. like, just infinite joy from like grown ass men and you can tell everyone really needed it right and i was like i was was like hey i didn't say it out loud but myself i was like i was like (laughs) it was fine like that's like i created the space for that you know and she was like yeah let that joy be like a healing opportunity Mm -hmm. because it felt good to have all that laughter and Mm -hmm. to create that space and to like put down all the favorite things that people like and to take off all the pressure that typically comes with a party. And it's like, we're showing up in a hoodie. We're bringing the games. Like, you know what I mean? You can walk in and out of the door. No one's going to be like, what are y'all doing? Like no one's going to (laughs) step in, turn that off. Like that's not going to happen. It's just like the time to play. And I think we all need (laughs) playtime. Oh my God. That's so true. I like, I, I'm feeling that right now in my life. I'm so I have my two and a half year old daughter and then I have my own business and, and life is just like a lot. There's always <laughs> something to do. And when I sit down and just can be and can turn off everything and like, just be in the moment and have fun and play and, and be joyful. I always wake up the next day feeling so much better. Like you were saying, it's Monday giving Thursday energy. It's probably because like you just gave that space to Tabari and his friends and got to like, not in a bad way, energy vampire off of that joy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He kept coming back out like, I'm having so much fun. Like it's like when you go to Chuck E. Cheese's and you check in with your parents to be like, Look at this. Look at what I just got. And they're like, that's great. (laughs) And then you run back to the. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty, it was pretty dope. And it was funny because Nisa was just being so sketchy the whole week. (laughs) But I'll I'll let you have it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to ruin whatever, what you, what you got planned. I'll just, I'll just let what happens happen. (laughs) (laughs) So Jessica, tell us, what do you fuck with? What are your values? Oh gosh. So I like the first thing that comes to mind when people ask me this is, um, and this might be weird to say is people like I just inherently love Mm -hmm. 
people. I want to know their stories. I want to promote their stories. I want to get to know people and like have them really show their authentic selves to me. And in return, I am constantly authentic with them. So like authenticity is definitely something I fuck with. Um, Laughter. I love to make people laugh and laugh with people. As you guys have known, like my cheeks are already hurt because I've been laughing so much. (laughs) Um, And let's see what else is like integrity, just standing Mm. in my, my integrity for myself and for other people. Like I, I don't fuck with people that are wishy-washy or Mm. lie or like you were saying, gaslight, like I, mm, mm, mm. I, I dealt with enough gaslighters when I was dating in my 20s. I have no... I know that's right. <laughs> oh, Lord. There are some shady-ass men out there. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we hear that conversation about authenticity often, like in the work that we do, the work that I'm sure that you do. And it seems like a buzzword. I love the word authentic. Tell me, like, what is authenticity? How do you define it? For me, it is your inherent self. It is who you are and your truest, most inner self. Like like your inner child in a way, like what your inner mm. child thinks and feels. Um, I, I am naturally somebody who's very optimistic and a dreamer. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that when I'm authentic and showing up authentically in the world, people see that and they can feed off of that. And like, it brings them joy in some way. So I feel like authenticity is showing your true self, showing all parts of yourself that you're willing to show people because there there's definitely boundaries that we need to have, right? Like we shouldn't show every part of ourselves but there's enough that you can show to the world where they can get a real grasp on who you are and I think that that's what authenticity means to me and I also want to say um you know the people that are so inauthentic they're the people that Mm. like constantly have those fake smiles or they happen to say all the right things at all the right times. And you're like, you're, you're just not a real person. Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, I, I never, I never jive with those people because they just are, they're hard to get to know. And I, they are, like I said, I just want to get to know people. Like, mm-hmm. I just want to chat with people all day long. If I was in meetings all day long where I got to do podcast recordings and interviews, Holy shit, my day would be the best day ever. <laughs> I'd be exhausted, but it'd be fun. It'd sure. be fun. <laughs> something I've struggled with in the past is being authentic and how to be authentic because I think it comes from like a self-worth uh, thing, like self-esteem, feeling that my authentic self was not good enough. No one wanted to hear it. I didn't like it. You know, it's always something I wanted to be other than myself. And that changes, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not like I wanted to be one other thing. It was one to be multiple other things. And when you start to, the self-discovery has happened in my relationship and in my life over the last like few years with the pandemic, you know, compounding years of research and learning <laughs> into one year, I have started to be more authentic. And I started to say things that I wouldn't say before, which is, I don't know. 
Like I was very uncomfortable with saying that before. And I always feel like I had to have the answer. If I didn't have the answer, it was like, I missed an opportunity to, to flex on somebody or to really like show my intelligence. And there's multiple ways to show intelligence. And what it was actually do was causing me anxiety all the time was to always, you know what I mean? These are my answers, something like simple. Sometimes it's just her having like, um, you know, just saying the action to the ether, not really looking for an answer. Like, why did that happen? So and so. And then I would kind of really like, and then kind of freak out. I know you can't see me, everybody, but I would kind of like freak out and kind of internally seek for an answer. And then when I couldn't find one, I would get frustrated and be like, why are you even asking me? It was just like this whole thing in my head. And, but being able to be authentic, that's where the ease comes in. That's where you find yourself being looked up to and people will be inside to see you when you were just kind of doing something more easeful, you weren't trying too hard. And that's like a bit of a mind fuck to realize that the more easeful I am, the more closer I am to myself, the more that I actually, what I wanted was to, to meet people and make like lasting connections that was able to come more easily. So ease is, is the... <laughs> Tavari, it's funny because when she said the people with the fake smiles and everything, mm -hmm. the first thing that came to me are as far as an example of inauthenticity mm. is people who do the opposite. The people who are constant, you know, anti, yeah. they're very, I have an opposition, Mr. Devil's advocate. I always have yeah. an answer. And I don't see that as authentic either mm -hmm. because I think most people in that bucket like they're looking for connection and they don't have that connection with that inner self like you said and it blocks them from being able to be a lot more positive i think mm -hmm. it's lighter and easier to feel more optimistic and to feel more hopeful and the optimistic scenario is also really likely to happen but it's like sometimes that fear and that doubt gets in the way and the programming and all of that. And then you show up and you're looking for holes and everything. And I think that's inauthentic too. Cause I'm like, you know, you really want to be excited. Why are you acting like you're not excited? <laughs> you know, there, there's a word that like stuck out and I wish I had my pen and paper so I could like write it down, but you said <laughs> connect. And mm. I have a lot of family in my, I, in my family, um, there are a lot of people that are negative and mm. they just never, they know how to be positive, but they don't know how to connect any other mm. way. And I think that that's something that's really important for a lot of people to be aware of in their own personalities and in their own relationships. Some of these negative people that are like show up and are like, eh, mm -hmm. no, that's not that cool. They're just, they're still looking for connection mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. And that's how they're trying to get it by somebody else saying, oh yeah, yeah, that's lame. So like they feel like they have a buddy. Yeah. And I think, you know, circling this all back to authenticity and, and whatnot, I feel like at everybody's core, everybody wants connection. Everybody wants to be loved, seen, heard, felt and and connect with another human being whether it's one or 100 um and i think that we are the biggest barriers for ourselves being authentic absolutely absolutely i think that is a amazing segue to our next segment which is 
to get it off your chest. So Jessica, what would you like to get off of your chest? Oh Lord. Well, so, you know, we've been planning this podcast episode for a while and I've been thinking about the, what do I not fuck with, um, for quite a while. And (laughs) (laughs) so I've had like time to build up things, but one of the things that I thought would give you guys and your listeners a laugh is brown rice. I (laughs) no longer fuck with brown rice. (laughs) Not because it tastes all janky. But because, do you know, it takes 45 fucking minutes yeah. to make brown rice? Yes. Yeah. It's that is some bullshit. That yeah. is it's bullshit. Yeah. I hate it. I hate Black it. Black rice I, is faster and it's like way more nutritious. Yeah. And it actually tastes better too. So I'm like, if you're going to wait better. 30, 40 minutes, okay, it's going to be black rice. <laughs> all right. I'm going to get some black rice because yeah. I bought this, this brown rice. And I was going to make a stir fry. I was like, oh, this is going to be so fast. Weeknight dinner. My kid's screaming at me. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, 45 (laughs) fucking minutes? Are you kidding me? It's disrespectful. It is. It is. is so disrespectful. so funny. Um, I cannot believe (laughs) (laughs) I know. I knew you guys would find that really funny. Um, So that's like my number one thing since we initially talked that I will never fuck with again. I am never making brown rice ever again. Okay? Never again. And then then I fucking burned the brown rice. Because of I course you got impatient. Cause yeah. you, and then and then it's a it's a it's a battle internally. Crash. <laughs> I mean the most ridiculous thing. I Tabari's dying. Tabari is like ascending. I feel I've been your pitching pain. you over the stove with the kid running around. And then like, <laughs> you're like, not yet. It's I just Oh my God. I, I, I read the instructions mean. and I was like, are you like seriously 45 fucking minutes? Oh my God. So that's number one. Number <laughs> two. Number two, what I will not fuck with anymore is my laptop. It is old and it needs, mm. I need an update, but I'm just, I'm like trying to ride it out. Um, so it's slow. It's taking all of my patience. <clears throat> the last thing, and this will probably be another thing that um, makes you guys laugh. People who just like put on their hazards mm-hmm. and park anywhere. They're like, oh, it's the yeah. middle of the street. Man, I have my you. hazards on. Oh, I do no wrong. Like, my no, God. No, no. I can't get around you. Yeah. Move to the side. Uber's on to do that at the, the at the red lights. And I hate it. I'm like, don't don't stop at a green or green light on the corner on the corner with and your like, hazards pull around the corner man this is the busy street pull over pull over there get out the way yeah yeah i'm sure your car is not going to break down in between that like little turn like just coast into the parking lot over there just coast yeah. if your car's broken man. down it's broken down there's only so much you can do but it's, usually it's not usually it's people waiting for a thing i'm, I'm gonna go inside real quick or it's a Uber Eats or actual Uber or door or you're of. sending that I'm outside text. Yeah, and your girl is not outside. They never ready on time. No one's ever Let ready. Let me when you know when you're ready. Stop lying. You gotta Stop. give them like, I'm outside. You gotta be five minutes away. You have to like. <laughs> right. If you're not downstairs, I'm circling the block. 
If it's not a driveway, don't do it. Don't don't do it. <laughs> don't preemptively send I'm outside text and don't preemptively send I'm on my way text. I feel like those two things right there would make the world a better place if we would all yes. give more accurate ETAs I do to it. our friends. I do it. I would do it every time. I'm like, I'm about to be outside because I, I do it because I know how people react to, to it because I'm very time conscious to a detriment sometimes. So what I do is I know that you're like, if I text somebody, like I'm outside, it's going to take you two extra minutes to get up and come to the door or whatever. So I'd be pulling up outside. So. Okay. So how was it when you all were dating? Like, did you <laughs> send the text two minutes ahead and then circle the block or were you a hazards Parker Tabari? No, we didn't have to do too much of that because Nisa is, is, is pretty good on time. Like right. when, it, when it matters, it matters. If, if we're going to like a friend's party and I want to get there at seven, it's a loose seven. <laughs> loose seven. Yeah, soft seven. But if it's like we have to get to reservation on a certain time, Nisa's ready to go. Like I might be at the door waiting like this, you know, patiently, air quotes. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I was letting know when I was on the way because I because I would always give like a time I'll be there and then say, oh, I'm going to be over here at this time and just yeah. give you a heads up. You know what I mean? And usually it was um. Because we started dating right as the pandemic hit. So we didn't have a lot of time for like outside dates and the world dates. <laughs> oh we my had gosh. a lot oh. of long walks of the park. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So like you were one of the first couples that I've ever met that like met at the beginning of the pandemic and navigated your early relationship in the pandemic. So yeah, like how... I know I'm turning it around on you, but sorry. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? We met on Hinge. <gasps> Love it. I met we my husband met on, on OkCupid. So yes! <laughs> shout um, out to the dating app. I know. I it's it's so common and I love I, I love it because you get to optimize who you are meeting with and like talking yeah. to. It's not just, just, a, lot of just people... a little bit of filter. This is a little bit of a filter. Okay, not everybody. This is a little bit of filter. <laughs> yeah. I, speaking of authenticity, I think if you are showing up authentically, because I wasn't getting a lot of matches, you know, mm-hmm. I think if you're getting a lot of matches, you're not showing up as yourself. Yeah. I wasn't, or, you know, assuming you're not a public figure, but if you're a person that most people don't know outside of your circle and you're showing up truly as yourself and you're saying what you truly want, You'll you'll probably get about a match or two a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? People count themselves out. And so I was like really clear on what was important to me. And I was really clear mm-hmm. on what I was looking for without being like, you, you know, listing off a resume. It's like it wasn't about that. It was like right. I generally want to have this type of experience. I generally want to feel like this. I like these things. I don't like these things. I like to do spend my time this way rather than this other way. And like, that is a great filter, right? Because people are going to be like, oh, wow. Like they're either going to receive that heavily or they're not. And they kind of already know. And so for me, it was like, I, if you approach anything that way, no matter what space you're in, the people who are supposed to find you, they're going to find you. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was in a place too. I think it's why we did two things. One, we both knew we wanted when we, when we first met, like, like exactly what we wanted. And we're open to like, you know, like person being different and not being like just like square, this square box or so rigid. We wanted, but the values we, we wanted, and you wanted somebody who 
like fuck with us basically. And then the pandemic hit because we our first day was on February twenty second. So, oh my gosh, the like, news oh, was coming out. And yeah, it was I mean, like, like two nah, weeks later, nah. it's like, oh, you know what I mean. This isn't goes, coming to the U.S. It's just everywhere it's else. Right. So, okay, it's in Washington, but you know, so and so, and then we over like, here. Oh, it's at the hospital down the street, and I was like. Ooh. Oh damn! <laughs> then work was like, y'all better stay yeah. home, and we were like, stay home. I thought it'd be, we thought it'd be cute to quarantine together for like two weeks. You're like, oh, it's all bright and shiny here. You know, two weeks, two weeks turned into we're, we're married and we're working running the business together. That's what. <laughs> two weeks was like, girl, it's been eight months. Was gonna yeah, happen. and we found ourselves kind of <laughs> kind of felt kind of being a little di- little domestic. Because all the time too, I was looking for an apartment too because I was, I was moving with my brothers. And my a brother and a friend, and we were looking for places, and they were being like hella picky, like so picky. But like, this is Atlanta; you can't get so much for you cannot be budget. picky. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> spend a little more, be comfortable, be closer in town. You know what I mean? And like, make some make some shake. You know what I mean? But it was I want to be comfortable. I just want to. Like, so y'all don't know what it's like to really be out here. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I'm the oldest one. No, it's like y'all don't really know. And so, doing that process, I'm working two full time jobs to get to make some shake, and then. We meet and the pandemic happens. So now I have like a whole week to, to like figure out what to do and like time to myself, which I haven't had guilt free in years. So it was a it was a really like interesting place to be in. And we find ourselves like being domestic. And I started find myself like enjoying cooking more and enjoying going to the grocery store with her. And it just came such a part of my life so quickly. Then it was like, let's just let's just keep this keep this going. You know what I mean? Like let's keep it yeah. going. And then um we talked about marriage. Uh, a bit and then we bought the house first before we got a ring we bought the house first in the december of 2020 because we're because um we needed more space and we wanted to do something together so and i've been saving up my um unemployment checks from that so it was like okay cool i got something to put down you know what i mean i saved like 10k i think it was i was like let's put some some money money down and we bought the house and then we got married that april in our like in our garage like in our yard literally in our garage and like <laughs> our carport as, basically but yeah <laughs> as crappy as it is that everything had to shut down it was so clarifying it was like mm-hmm. what's important what really matters who really matters do i am i really is this really what i want and like we had to ask that question in our relationship we had to ask mm-hmm. that question with our jobs with how mm-hmm. we were spending our time it's like is this what I want? Because I don't have time to fuck around now. Everybody's right. dying. Like literally just felt like everybody's dying around us and anybody can get it. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's something that comes out, it's always another country or another age group or another mm-hmm. ethnic group besides you. And with COVID, it was like, oh, all y'all can get it. Everybody Trump can get it. Can get it. Your favorite yeah. celebrity can get it. Middle-aged Your folk. kids can get it. <laughs> everybody. everybody. And so it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so now I have to take this seriously. Now I have to put my mask on. Now I have to pay mm-hmm. attention instead of being dismissive like I do with every other endemic and, you know, really be present. And it was just such a crazy time to, and, you know, I'm in my 20s too. I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of not fun dating things. And so I wasn't really thinking, oh, this would be the time that I'm going to meet my life partner but it was just like not at all. <laughs> it felt so intuitive. It felt mm-hmm. so unlike anything else we had ever experienced. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Well, now's not the time to fumble the bag. Now's yeah. not the time to like, you know, replay the Falcons versus the Patriots. Like, now's the time Girl. to focus." 
disrespect. You know wait, wait, I mean? wait, wait, wait. Are, are, we, are we doing some football references in here? That is the only football reference that I have for anyone, and it always lands because we all felt that pain. Mm-hmm. We all felt <laughs> that pain. Up 25. Right after the election, too. So we were like, let me just get this quick win. No. Nah. <laughs> no, you're not going to pass it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just shows the three back to authenticity, integrity. Like it really, it was really important for us to ha- have those things in our relationship. And as we've discovered, like how much we had it on ourselves and working on it and the growth that we want to have together, that we just like kept doing that to the point where basically kind of culminating in this podcast where we get to talk to people about these experiences because our relationship started with those questions. And the second day, we're just asking like icebreaker questions, you know what I mean? And like when we started doing the precursor to this was the, IG lives, Instagram lives, and we would have people on and talk to them for like half hour, an hour. And we started to, it was the rigidity of every, every Monday at five was always like too much emotionally. Sometimes it's like, I don't want to, and that's my wrap up tasks and whatnot. So we turn into this podcast and we get to have those throughout the week, sometimes two in a week, sometimes one. And I love doing these podcasts. I actually really enjoy talking to people about the why behind the business, like how they get through it emotionally and not just the tactics. You know what I mean? Because strategy and tactics, we talk about that all day. We have meetings, we have a team. There's plenty of podcasts for that, but there's no one talking to us about our experiences and their experiences like that. This is a unique opportunity to <laughs> dive deep on how people move, you know? Right. Yeah, the emotional side of yeah. building your business, not just like the inspirational side, not just you're going to make six figures if you do mm. X, Y, and Z. Like there, like you said, there's a million programs out there, but mm. not people can see us in them, right? And our stories in them. And that's, right. I think that that's so powerful um, to have that level of representation and, and, provide that for the listeners so awesome so just i want to ask you we're talking about authenticity so how do you show up in what ways do you show up authentic like authentically in your business like how do you do that for yourself authentically is such a tongue twister it is um, (laughs) yeah i start worried about making like mistakes like that or sounding weird on the podcast because I'm just gonna do it anyway. I'm be too self. Everybody does it. I'm, I'm really <laughs> yeah. looking at myself. And being so, it's just too much. You gotta pick one. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, oh god. So that's a really good question. That you know, I feel like my business is just a a natural extension of me. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that we we haven't covered just yet on the interview process is how my business came to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Back in 2019, I was diagnosed with infertility and my husband and I had been trying to have a baby for three years. And as a way, just like with this podcast you guys are doing, um, as a way to provide representation and support um, and destigmatize women's health, I created my own podcast called Real Talk Women's Health and Fertility and loved it. Loved talking to women all over the world and loved just the moving parts of podcasts and, and everything that went into podcasting. Um, <clears throat> then in fall of 2019, October to be exact, uh, I was told that we would never get pregnant naturally and that we would need IVF. And 
it just broke my heart. So I shut everything down. I shut the podcast down and I needed a break. And then the next month I got pregnant naturally in November, 2019. Mm. It'll be like that when you give up. You know, yeah, it, there, there's definitely plenty of women who do not have that experience where they are told one thing and then it doesn't, the opposite doesn't happen, but I was just one of the really lucky ones. And, um, so I just never picked my podcast back up. Um, and I had it in the back of my mind. I had podcasting in the back of my mind. It's such a fun medium, like just talking to people and, um, fast forward to spring of 2022. I finally said, you know what? enough is enough. I'm going to enter back into the podcasting world, but I'm going to do it where I can support other people in telling their stories. And that way my impact and my reach can be much further than just me telling my story and other women telling theirs. There's like a wide, wide range of stories that are to be told out there. And I just have such a belief that if I can provide support, then it keeps those conversations going on and that representation um, out there in the world. And I think that that's pretty important. And so, you know, my most authentic self is I love people. I love Mm. connecting with people and I love hearing people's stories. And so I think that that's why my business is just an extension of me and why it is just an external form of my authentic self. I absolutely love that because I wondered, you know, we've now met with, I think it's like you, there's two other folks that we've spoken with or have within our network that also um, manage podcasts or edit them or engage with them in some type of way. And it's, and they all have this like real connection with people. They all have that in common. And that was not something that I expected because Mm -hmm. I consume podcasts and I assumed that it was so like rigid, like oftentimes how video editing can be. And one of them um, used to be a life coach and the other came from corporate and left to have like the soft girl life, you know? And it was just really interesting how people are grounding their podcast businesses, even though it is more of like an executing, managing, like getting stuff off of your plate type of way. But ultimately, because of the content that you're interacting with, you get to have a front row seat to all these amazing people and their stories and their mission. And it fills your life with that energy day in and day out. And that it's like, that's something that in our business we're trying to create right now. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, which we want to work with clients that light us up. We want to work with clients that we're, that we're fans of, that were yeah. like dream clients and not necessarily dream clients, meaning like Nike. I don't necessarily think Nike is a dream client, but it could even be a small brand that has the tiniest little budget, but just the way they make us feel makes it a dream client. Yeah. You know, it- I don't always think that the biggest clients are the best clients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and I think that it. that is like <laughs> an unpopular or uncommon opinion. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks if they land that big client, then they're good. Right. 
And you might have the dollars in your bank account, but there's a lot of other stuff that comes with those larger clients that it's really hard and, and it becomes less of that person to person relationship. Yeah. It's a person to corporation and you don't have right. that real buy-in. And yeah. Right. And you have so many people who, and it's, I think it's too, you're kind of seen less as a individual or a creative. It kind of just like another part of the team. If you're not careful with the boundaries, you can kind of, they put you into their workflow as a team and basically yeah. they t- treat you how they p- treat people inside their, their business. And that is almost never <laughs> uh, like lines up with how we want to run our business and how we treat each other and our teammates. And that's something that we have learned too, is like the boundaries that as entrepreneurs, as somebody who works with, with other people as a service provider to remember that when we work with someone like that, who, who might be bigger and has a certain paycheck or a certain audience and teams on herself that we are not working for them. You know what I mean? It is a collaboration, mm-hmm. it is a partnership, and we have to hold ourselves, we have to hold each other accountable. And that's, right. that being off the, could bring it back to authentic, authenticity as well. I don't know why this word is so challenging today. <laughs> <laughs> it's the mindset. Authenticity is easy. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I think that when we have those conversations, once you know, because it's really easy to spend enough time because we work with clients like for a few months at a time. So you're working with a client for a while. Like why are you getting to know them? If you're not careful, we do what we do like in other relationships in our life where we kind of start to bend a little bit or fix how to fit into a certain shape or a certain like outline for, for ease. What we also, also we assume could be the ease because not everybody has the same like fears that we have, or even the same you know, emotion attached to thing like that. So if someone tells me, no or ghost in the meeting to them it might have been nothing at all but to me i'm my emotions are fully invested you know or if someone gives like a feedback on the photo you know what i mean i'm like how dare you you know i have to like work through that to get to like to actually hear what they're saying <laughs> and not be so not not that i don't want to be emotional not let it like affect me so strongly that i i'm missing what they're actually saying right mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting about working with bigger brands and I, one of the um, women in my community that I'm a part of, she is, you know, the founder of a really big brand. And she talked about an accelerator that she did recently. And she said, all these accelerators teach you how to market, how to scale, how to hire and growth and all this stuff. And she's like, I'm exhausted by it. I did that stuff. Cool. And this new one that she did talked about company culture. Mm. And they said that all the most successful brands at scale had an incredible company culture. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And on top of that, it was like for Latin founders. So there's that extra connection there. And I was like, oh my God, you're exactly right. And I'm personally obsessed with company culture, even amongst our, right now, we just have a mighty team of contractors and I love them. And I'm just like, I don't know what I would do without them. And like, I'm constantly, (laughs) constantly reiterating our company culture. Like every Mm -hmm. time we talk, we're demonstrating and recycling the company culture and, and also expanding on the culture because When I was in corporate, people would always say, we would love to hire more diverse candidates, but they need to be a culture fit. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And my coach introduced this idea of it's not about a culture fit. It's about culture expansion because obviously yes. your culture fit is too narrow. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, damn, like that's the language that I needed because obviously I'm not going to fit into that. Or if I fit into that, sure, I can mold myself like jelly. And then as soon as I leave work, I have to get out of that mold again. Mm -hmm. And it can be so limiting. And that's what comes to mind when I think about the bigger brands. It's like, if we were to take on, you know, and you're working with a small subset of a brand too. It's like not the entire thing. It's like whatever team at Walmart that would come our way, would have to be aligned with our culture and they would Mm -hmm. have to have a culture that mirrors what we do and then it could fit. But if not, then, and that goes with the smaller brands too, like the scarcity mindset and the questioning and the doubt and yourself, that doesn't work because that's going to extend to us. So it, it's been such a crazy ride to like work with teeny tiny brands and work with really big brands that really have a budget towards their marketing and see what they where they differ and see what they have in common and what i've concluded is that if the culture is not there if the values are not there no matter what size it is it's not a fit right yeah i think that that's such an important conversation again that like we we don't hear about as entrepreneurs we hear about again the the hiring, the finding your contractors, the how to make more while working less. And yet, mm-hmm. like you hear all that shit, but you don't hear about what are your core values? What yeah. are your values in your business? Who are you? Right. And I think that that, you know, you hear the unique selling proposition so often. And like, I just don't think, I wish people tied that more to their unique selling proposition on the, Mm. like for me, I'm here to tell your story. I'm Mm -hmm. here to give you a voice in this ever growing platform. And you guys are telling people stories in a different way, in a visual way. Yeah. And so I, I think it's, it's a conversation that needs to be had. And, and I loved the whole idea that your coach said about a culture expansion that is really powerful language. And I'm definitely going to use that in any conversations <laughs> that I have in the future yes. because there, yeah. there's definitely, um, as a white cisgendered female entrepreneur, I feel like there's a lot of spaces for me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it is, my responsibility to make sure that there's more opportunities for you, Nisa, and for you, Tabari. And so talking about that culture expansion, I think is important in whatever space that I can talk about that in. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I so. think that culture expansion is a banger. And I think yes. Nisa, <laughs> just Tabari, you gonna to say it? Bops, bangers, or buzz. Yeah, I don't have the on the the track yet. I don't have the soundboard yet, but they'll be in there and post. (laughs) I feel like we need a little like transitional jingle, like, like you know, just to be like to bring it like 
game show energy. <laughs> like, I feel like Tabari uh, can definitely write that jingle because I, I I hear you you like jingles, Tabari. So <laughs> <laughs> I can work on something. I think Nisa is very uh, creative, and we can work on something like that because there was missing like that. Maybe we should have a a standard drop in where it's like. <laughs> Like that transitioning be- to Bob Slater's about yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let the listeners know what's coming up. Yes. Okay. Go first. I'm ready. I'll go first. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. The gem. The gem. Jim? Jim. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um let me be real. It's kind of a bust in my life right now. My That's ass real. sits in this chair all day long. That's real. It's a bust for me too. I ain't gonna hold you. <laughs> I just have moving in my day. You know, take your dog on her walks. You know what I mean? You know, roll my back out with a little foam roller. At least walk around a little bit. I try to get some movement in. But I've never been a gym guy either. I'm really, I'm like, why am I lifting heavy shit? I For free? Like, Not for I, free. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> <free? laughs> I've been working since I could work. You know what I mean? My dad has his own business. You know what I mean? There's always lawn to be cut, wood to be chopped. And then I got older, I was doing the same thing. I'm, I'm out of that now. I retired from the from lifting shit industry. I'm I, no more for me. No I retired from the lifting shit industry. That yes. is awesome. I'll do some rock climbing. I'll do some like some activity, a paintball. Give me some hiking. Give me some active so I can move around. That lifting, why? I just... In a way, I've been missing it because I used to be a big gym person, but I hated every second of it. And I didn't find the joy in it. And my relationship to movement was really toxic. And so then I stepped away and did more walking and did more breathing and yoga and stuff like that. And I feel a lot better, but my body is very different now. And I kind of miss, there were some aspects of lifting that I liked where I did like the sweat. I did like the getting into the zone and the ritual of it, but I don't like the results driven thing Mm -hmm. rather than being focused on the practice and the awareness of it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, if I can... Like I've, I'm still searching for that. Like some people are like, oh, I go to the gym with no plan. I don't necessarily know if that's the answer for me or if it's more so like finding like- I would like, just scroll around. <laughs> right. I'm like, so I I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, or yeah. maybe I can go in there with an intention rather than like specific steps or, because if you don't have a plan, then people with a plan are going to walk all over you and you're not going to get access to anything. Mm-hmm. So there's that part. And so I was like, maybe I should have a trainer or somebody who is weight inclusive and who believes the values that I have and focuses on movement and feeling and longevity and not on, oh, we're going to burn and we're going to count and we're going to eat. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. I'm done no, no. with the math. I just want to feel good every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've had a, I had a trainer back when I lived in California that was like, she said her favorite client, unfortunately, this was not me. I wish I was her favorite client, but it's okay. I'm not, I'm not bitter like seven years later, <laughs> Stephanie, but um, well. <laughs> I did, I did, Stephanie. Um, so she, she said that her favorite client that she's ever had was like showed up and was like, I just want to move well. 
just help me move well. Mm-hmm. Don't have me lose weight. Don't me don't have me do this. Like I'm aging and I just want to move well. Right. And I thought that that was really interesting. I was still in my twenties and I thought, Oh, huh. Like bodies are meant to move and not mm-hmm. for appearance sake. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, I no, love I feel that. that. <laughs> That's really powerful thing. That's yeah. another culture expansion too, because right. it's like you could go to these same people and say, "Listen, I'll take this part, but you can leave the rest of it behind." And if you and I can get on the same page, then we can have something going on here. Exactly. Okay. Bops, bangers, or bus, ice cream, cake. Ooh. Ooh. You know. I love me some ice cream and I love me some cake. So I'm going to say a banger as long as it's a good ice cream cake. Yes. I haven't had one in a long time. They were, they were a go-to as a kid. As a kid. What happened? From Baskin Robbins. Baskin Robbins. (laughs) Got to order my. Yes. Yes. With the little rolls in the middle. Oh, Oh, it's been a while, you know, it's not too late. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow's your birthday. Hit up Baskin Robbins. <laughs> I have cake in the fridge. Maybe when we move, we should ice cream cake or something like that. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I'll be down. Take a little, a little lactate. You know, prepare <laughs> for the blessings on my way. Right. <laughs> All right go ahead. Okay. Um, Bob's bangers or bust open-toed shoes. Ooh. I would say a bop ish. Like I got some wide feet. Let's mm. let's just like Same. you can't see them and nobody's going to be seeing them, but I got wide feet. And they always squeeze your little toes and like cut off the circulation. But they look really cute. Why can't we have cute wide feet, wide toed shoes, open toed shoes? Ask these empowering questions. Somebody come and solve the problem. Yes. It would be a banger if they were comfortable, but they're not comfortable. (laughs) So they're about, no, they're cute. They're not comfortable comfortable. if your feet are narrow either. This is is not an ad. Not yet. Anyway, this is space for it. Nike to come be an ad if they want to. Speaking of. If they want. But I've got these flip flops (laughs) from like a Nike store like like some years back. And these, these bad boys, these were great. (laughs) It's just the standard. The little shop going over them. They're like, I think they're like 25, 30 bucks. My little gold check on them. I, they're great. Nisa tries to take them all the time. If I feel, in, feel I ex- extra loving, anymore. I'll let her wear them. If I feel extra special, I'm like, here you go. You can wear She's like, what? You mean it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's why for anybody out there. Yeah, the, the nice What does Nisa say? <laughs> <laughs> I literally am like, because he doesn't like it. I was like wearing them all the time. And he's like, where are my slides? And I was like, on my feet i'm like you have and he's like so stop wearing them <laughs> <laughs> if you're wearing them I, I can't wear them i'm like we can get you a pair but no it's not it's not the same i know i know it's not the same <laughs> okay it's, it's, I know it's, okay. On you. <laughs> it's on you yeah boss fingers or bus ipas Ooh. You know, it's a bust for me. I am not a beer drinker. Give me mm. wine, give me liquor. I like a, a, a margarita, an old fashioned in the winter. Yes. I am a happy woman. You put a beer in front of me, I'll drink it, but I don't really like it. Mm. See, you're better than me. I won't even drink it. 
I guess this is alcohol. <laughs> I guess. Well, if, if it's dark, and IPAs are dark, right? Um, not they're, they're darker. They're not they're like super hoppy. They're not dark yeah, like no. the, um, like a get like a Hennessy, not a Hennessy, but a Guinness or the Stouts. Those Stouts are those so intense. You know oh. what I mean? There was a second. There was a, it was like a year or two in my twenties where I I could get down with them, but never. I can't. Every time I, I sip one. It tastes good for a second, and then my body is like, "Get it out of here!" So it's like, no <laughs> reject, <way>. right? <laughs> okay. Okay. Bob's fingers are bust. Plants. Ooh. Well, this one that's behind me is fake, um, but I love. I would say real plants are bangers. I love looking out the window and looking at beautiful plants. And mm-hmm. if I had the capacity to have them in my house and keep them alive, I would 100% have a bunch That's of real, real plants. That's real. That is 100% real. I'm keeping myself alive. Yeah. I'm keeping myself alive. I have a kid and I have a dog. Like I, there's enough for me to keep alive in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I will say my favorite low maintenance easy hard to kill plant are snake plants i know a lot of people will tell you to get succulents succulents are finicky and they won't you won't tell you can't tell what's wrong with it until it's too late you cannot tell until it's too late it's just like stage four you're dead what is this like wait i didn't know you were even wait i didn't even know don't get a tree trees are like a child don't get you know but if you get a snake you get the foliage you get that big plant impact mm-hmm. that you want and if you're not the most diligent waterer they're fine they're not gonna look at you like i can't believe like you know what i mean they're not gonna wilt. Yeah. they're not gonna do all that extra dramatic shit they'll just be like i'm cool I saved some water for later anyway. And then when you remember, <laughs> then they like get a nice little growth spurt and they can go in your darkest hour and be fine. Like, honestly, they're genuinely, genuinely easy. Cause I'm like, there are plants that are easy, but easy to die as well. And mm. I don't consider yeah. them easy just because I only have to water them once a month. Cause that's even harder to me. Cause I'm like, when was the last time I watered it? And I can't keep up a snake plant. You could genuinely not really know what you're doing. And it, at the very least, it won't die. And if you know what you're doing, then you'll get a ton of growth out of it. Well, I guess I need to go buy some snake plants or put them on my <laughs> Christmas list. Put it on the Christmas. I think it's worth a try because of how much know. height you get from them. It's like yeah. a lot of easy plants. You don't get that much foliage. Mm. Like it's like, oh, here's my little leaf, but I'm not going to die. But I'm over <laughs> here. And you're like, this is not giving me the impact. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Bob Spangers or bus kids parties. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you trying to trigger the guests, Safari? Every week. Oh Lord, <laughs> have mercy. Okay, well, as a mom of a two and a half year old, um, I am going to say that kid parties are a bust. Wow. Mm. Um, take your kid to go do something fun. I don't need to be around all your screaming kids. That's facts. Yeah. Go to Disney World. Speak spend on the it. money that you were going to spend on the party. And go to Disney <laughs> World. Go to a water park. Mm-hmm. Let me stay at home and not have to wear a bra. That's real. Wow. Profound. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on the Sensitive Business Podcast. Let me stay home without a bra. 
<laughs> Name of the podcast. That's the title. Is that the podcast title? It could be. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. So, what do you want to really want? <laughs> right. <All> the- <laughs> That'll be my, a, a new platform. I'll just go out talking about how much I like. I, hey, fellas, I'll, I'll sell that secret to everybody. Like, hey, everybody. The secret. <laughs> Hey everybody, guess what? I don't really know what women want. It's gonna be follow my channel, subscribe. You know what I mean? It's like oh my god. It was nice to take the bra off at home. And honestly, that is like 98% of women. <laughs> right. Bring me snacks. Get speaking gig. <laughs> Sensational. Like once in a lifetime. Wow. What are, what are the names? <laughs> okay, Nisa. <laughs> Is it my turn? That was your turn. I just did. Kids no, he party. did kid parties. He did the kid party. Okay, you right. right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> is it my turn? I'm like Nisa. <laughs> it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Dogs. Oh, those are bangers. I love my dogs. I grew up with dogs. I have a little shithead of a dog, but I still love him. <laughs> um, I love dogs. They're bangers. Yay. Certified banger. Okay. Uh, boss bangers or bust slumber parties. Ooh, I feel like slumber parties have not aged well. Yeah. Mm-mm. Like back in the nineties, it was all the rage. It was all the rage, and everybody was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go spend the night at this virtual stranger's house. Who knows what their parents are into?" But yeah, well, you go. And I don't know that, like, I would actually let my daughter spend the night at anybody's house. You gotta so I'm going to say <laughs> that's a bus. Yeah. We had my nieces and my nephew over, like, earlier this year. And it was, it was definitely a bop. Uh, <laughs> 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 we had a great yeah. time, but it was, I couldn't take my eyes off of them. You know yeah. what I mean? We, we got in the bed and we were like, what's we like, oh, they sleep so we just like trying to, like I didn't see you all day. Like, I- don't make any noise. Do not flush the toilet. Right, right. I, luckily, I'm a um, early riser. Um, to my detriment sometimes. Like, <laughs> uh, this comes from years of working a job. I get up at five a.m. But yeah. just just now, I'm starting to come out of it where I can sleep until nine and be like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so. <laughs> But they, I, I got up one time to use the restroom. By the time I came back, they were like, hey, what's going on? I was like, okay, let's get the day started. Everybody up. Let's go ahead. Brush your teeth. Come on. <laughs> we'll, we'll walk the dog out together. Now, that took two extra hours <laughs> on a 20-minute yeah. walk. And then they they were so dramatic about that walk. They they started off doing cartwheels up the hill. They the came back they like we carried. had to like, okay, them y'all, back. Like, it's not that hot. We didn't do that much walking. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I like, I was just knew they were gonna pass out from dehydration. I was like, we need to get back to the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I hear my dad's voice. They need to be strong. They need to be able to. I'm like, wait a minute, I can't do that. No, here I go again. Right. No, because <laughs> if they're telling you they're uncomfortable, it's because they actually are uncomfortable. <laughs> but seriously, I was like. There's nothing else to do but walk home. So I, 
Yeah. So you won't walk it. I mean, this, we can take a break, but you have to make it to the house. Like <laughs> the next day, tomorrow was like, do we want to do another walk? I was like, no. <laughs> How old are your nieces and nephews? They are nine, eight, seven, and seven, somewhere in there. Yeah. Because okay, so nine. they're too old for strollers. Yeah, too old for strollers. Way too yeah. old for strollers. That's yeah. why they were able to come over here because they were, they had a little intelligence. They could themselves. <laughs> and they all have like individual needs, which is crazy, but so bizarre. Each of you have different needs. What? And you have to like address those needs. Like it'll everything will be cool over here to the left, mm-hmm. and then it's a crisis over here to the right. And I was mm-hmm. like. I don't know how people are doing this, and I realize it's because they're not, and that's why people don't listen to kids because it's just easier not to do it's that. To be fair, four yeah. kids in the house is a lot to go on. You All in that same yeah. range, yeah. yeah, that is a lot. That is a lot. Like my two-year-old is a lot. Yeah, I can't imagine four, <laughs> four children, <laughs> despite being older. They, yeah, no, no, no. That's why kid bar- parties are a best for me. Yeah, <laughs> circle back. <laughs> bringing it back okay, your last one okay my last one i want to make it a good one okay so bob's bangers or bust eating out Ooh, i love to go out to eat so it's definitely a banger um i am i would not call myself a foodie i'm mm. foodie I am picky about certain things. I don't really <laughs> like seafood. Okay. Um, but, but like <laughs> a good meal with some good ambiance. Mm-hmm. That is like, that's what my husband and I connected on when we yeah. first started mm. dating. And that's what we always go back to is when we have really good experiences in restaurants mm-hmm. that fills both of our cups up so much. Same. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I like if I didn't. That. If I didn't appreciate fine dining or cooking or food the way we do, Nisa wouldn't have looked at me twice. I feel like it'd be like, you're cute and all, but I can't even really kick it with you. It doesn't work. Like, I'm (laughs) telling you, it does not work. Every I'm obsessed with food. I don't like the term foodie because I feel like people who just like to eat but don't appreciate food, like, appropriated that word. So I just like to say that I care deeply about food and the experiences that they provide. And I also worked in the service industry all throughout college. And, you know, now we're getting back into food photography. So I just, I'm obsessed, right? And it does not work when you're dealing with somebody who doesn't get it. It doesn't work. They're going to look at you crazy. They're going to be like, why are you spending this money? Why are we always out here? Why can't we stay in? Or why? Or then when you do go out, it's, it's, even if they have the money, it's, why is this $20? It's like, yeah. Do you understand profit and loss? Like, do you understand <laughs> like time and energy and whatever? And if for me, it's like I'm here to live life. I'm here to experience this. I love being served and making it easy for other people to serve us and tipping well and that exchange, that energy exchange, and mm-hmm. learning something. And you know. Not being difficult too, because sometimes you you work with someone and they're like, I actually don't remember the special and I have to pull out my notes and not giving them shit about that. And it's like, that feels so good. And it's like when people just sit there and they're like, and they're kind of like, get me out of here. Or they're just kind of like, it was okay. And they're just not 
willing to open up and not willing to connect. It's like such, it's always a bad idea for me. It's all, and usually not even on my part, they usually see themselves out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, once I kind of learned that lesson the 18th millionth time, I was like, I can't, I cannot be with someone who does not share this value and because they won't see me and they, they're probably just going to hate dating me overall. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's a core value. It's a uh, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. And it, it felt <laughs> weird to be like eating out being a non-negotiable, but I'm like, it's deeper than that. And if that's what it is, that's what it is. I just have to like really accept that part about myself. I don't know why it took so long, but we got here. <laughs> it's all good. You know, you, you, you got Tabari and, and he enjoys eating out as well. So you all can have a deep appreciation of each other. <laughs> okay. that. <laughs> all the marbles bops bangers or bus girl scout cookies oh uh, bop uh, i don't love them <laughs> uh. trying to get to the, i'm trying to get to the real things that matter here in this podcast yeah 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 i mean th- these are the hard-hitting issues um <laughs> along with let me stay home without a bra right um, <laughs> so like, I feel like they were better in the 90s. Mm, they they the are a little dry lately. Mm. And so I I don't even support them and buy them <laughs> anymore. Um, because yeah. I can get more delicious cookies at Trader Joe's. Uh, and I get more, like truly more than like the four in a box that you get with the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah. I think they got grandfathered in. I think it's that legacy. People were just like, it oh, is the legacy just... thing. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like the tagalongs, the mm-hmm. chocolate mm-hmm. peanut butter. Ooh. But even those don't taste that good anymore. I think my palate just changed yeah, because, and I think it's just the hype because it's a seasonal thing. Because back when I was in corporate, all the like power parents would be like, here's a spreadsheet. I'm going to need y'all to sign up. And, da, 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 da. and I was just <laughs> like, I, it just took me back to when I was a Girl Scout. And I was like, that's what y'all was doing. You were a Girl Scout? whole time I was a Girl Scout, yeah. Why am I finding this out on the podcast? Wow. I don't know how it never came up, but I was, I was a brownie. I was a brownie and I made it to being the junior with the green sash or whatever. Yeah, and and then my parents made me quit. This whole time. It was short lived. And I, you know, little younger me, you know, that would have been lit, you know, and it didn't work out because one of the moms was like trying to flirt with my dad. And my mom was like, I'm pulling her Ooh. out. So a little Ooh. bit of drama there. Yeah. But I got pulled out of Girl Scouts and I was really sad about it because all we did were go on trips trips and make crafts, which are like my two favorite things. And yeah, and I like, it was hard to sell the, like we would sell and I'd make like a hundred dollars and I'd be like, I did my all. And then you come back and girls are pulling in thousands and you're like, what are they do? Are they setting up agencies to sell? And then as an adult, I learned the hustle. I was like, oh, mom is an executive. Mom is going out to her office and sending a spreadsheet out to all of her employees and getting signups and selling all the boxes that way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, see, this world is so unfair. You see this already? <laughs> yep, yep. Y'all need to be out there with that table 
hustling. That's what you're <laughs> right. knocking door to door. Door to door. So when I was in Girl Scouts, I would beg my parents to like help me sell. And they were like, no, it's on you. I couldn't wow. even sell to my aunt and uncles. Wow. They were like, no, 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 no. So I was always at the bottom because I had no family support. <laughs> Oh wow. my God. Which is crazy because in business it's left, it's that way too, where it's like, oh, I don't know anybody. So I'm scraping to get my first client. And then there's other people who are like, oh, I have 10 years experience um, at executive level at this major corporation. So I just emailed a couple of people and I had a hundred K launch and you're like, all right, bringing it back to Girl Scouts. I see what's going yeah. on out here. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. There's, um, uh, God, I don't want to call her an influencer, but influencer coach type person that I started following earlier this year. And I was like, oh, wow, she's so inspirational. She's a mom and she's doing all this business and blah, 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 blah. Well, come to find out her main client is her dad's business. Wow. And I'm like, okay. Wow. You've lost all credibility. <laughs> She's wow. like, yeah, I'm co-CEO and blah, 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 blah. It's to her daddy's business. You know, uh, good old nepotism. It's a very different conversation. It's like, yeah. and I and had that had been more of a transparent thing to lead with, it could mm. be like, this is how you set up family businesses. Right. This is how you pass things on to your kids. Or this is how assets can benefit one generation to the next. That's a whole conversation. Mm-hmm. But again, with the authenticity piece, if you are presenting it as something else, if you're presenting it as you went out, built those relationships, right. shook those hands, kissed a couple of frogs, and now here you are. If you're presenting it this way, then that's, that's you know, totally that's mismatched. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. I was so disappointed. Because oh my I, God, I would have cried about it. <laughs> I, I, I did not cry, but I was like, well... Fuck. Like, right. I looked up to like crying is, is enough. Sometimes you get like, I feel like crying. <sighs> okay. Like, it's just I feel like that's the appropriate reaction. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you, I, I was looking up to, to you for inspiration and I thought, oh, wow, she can do it. I can do it. Like, look at her kicking some ass. And again, like we're saying, it's all the authenticity thing. And I think that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in coaching and all that bullshit online. Absolutely. Well, Jessica, it's been a great episode. You can tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, sure. So you can find me on um, Instagram at Jess, J-E-S-S, Milanes, M-I-L-A-N-E-S. My website is smartpodcastsolutions.com. And uh, you can also find me on Facebook also as Jess Milanis. If you look for Jessica Milanis, you'll see my personal page, which I I keep personal because that is a boundary in my life. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, Jessica, thank you so much for joining the Sensitive Business Podcast. Mm -hmm. To all of our listeners, Um, we will be dropping episodes every Monday. So look out for that. And if you haven't joined our newsletter, go to gingerandcarrot.com slash podcast to join the newsletter, get updates and summaries on the episodes and just see what we're up to overall. So that's a wrap. 
Bye, y'all. Bye, everybody. (laughs) 